Welcome back into the Grace Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Joining me now, UL Sports Beat reporter for the Daily Advertiser, Tim Buckley. Good morning, Tim. What's happening, man? Scott, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm playing your, your favorite tunes there, the Beastie Boys. I know you love the Beastie Boys, Tim. Come on. Yeah, they're uh, number three on my playlist, actually. Who's number one? <laughs> Not the Beastie Boys. Right, they're number three. You just said they're number three. Who's number one? Oh, my gosh. You're testing me this early. Um, if I had to listen to anybody first, it might be a tie between either Garth Brooks or Billy Joel okay. right now. All right. Uh, I notice you say right now. You don't box yourself in. You give yourself options. But uh... Yeah, I'm not. You know what? Pushing, pushing Billy and Garth, though, might be Lucinda Williams. Okay. All right. There you go. Tim Buckley, ladies and gentlemen, his choice of music at the moment. Cajun Hoops last night tipped off their season. I talked about the uh, women's and men's game in the first hour. I know uh, sitting <coughs> behind the goal last night as we were, what what was the thing that stood out most to you in the, I know they had an exhibition, but the official opener last night? Uh, probably the thing that stood out most to me was the back of the head of the very tall kid sitting in front of me uh, because we don't have the greatest seats in the world. And he's uh, uh, he's a very, very enthusiastic fan and likes to stand up a lot. Those too. kids so, did stand a lot. They were into it, man. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah they're they regular. A, they're they're having having a good time. They've been there for a few years now. They, they, are, uh, they are totally into it. So you have to applaud that, absolutely. Um, so it makes it hard to see the whole floor. Um, that being the case, the way that they used Jordan Brown, Jordan Brown played like, I think it was 26 minutes or something like that. He had nine more minutes than anybody else. They gave him a... A good go. Now, you heard it. Bob Bob Marlin referenced a little bit of that. Had to do with, I guess, they played through one timeout. And then uh, um, they uh, he wanted uh, Jordan Brown to play a little bit more with, with Dugai, uh, which was, a, you know, kind of uh, not part of their normal regu- uh, rotation. But um, it allowed him, you know, to get those two uh, a few extra minutes on the floor together. And Jordan Brown maximized him. And, I mean, you can see why that kid, um, you know, was, was a highly sought recruit uh, coming out of his, his prep school and, you know, why he eventually played in the Pac-12 at Arizona after the stop at uh, at Nevada. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he, he was playing, at, at least last night, it sure seemed, on a little bit different level than than pretty much everybody else. I think he ended up with, what was it? Fourteen points and seven boards, and he had four assists too, which uh, was was uh, as you pointed out post game, uh, most assists uh, uh, for the Cajuns, and, and you know it, it seems like a nice little element to his game too. But um, I thought he moved well uh, for a big guy, and man, does he had some some depth to that you know rotation of bigs that they have with. Uh, uh, Theo Akuba and uh, Isaiah Richards and, uh, and, and, and Dugay. Yeah, they've got a lot of athletic size. Um, you know, there's the, you've got some big men, Tim, that, you know, they've got the size, but maybe not the agility. And I think that's what, you know, the competition, we'll see. It was West Florida, I get it. But seeing Jordan Brown, uh-huh. the biggest guy on the floor, 
when he would put the ball on the floor, how he handled the ball, um, his activity in the paint on defense. And he kind of has like a, a cool cat kind of vibe, right? Like, you know, off the court, we talked to him afterwards. And on the court, um, it's not like he's like, he didn't come across as sort of rah-rah in terms of like vocally. And he said afterwards, I think he told us, you know, communication is something we still got to work in on defense. But in terms of his play, I mean, it was, uh, I think I think I agree with what you said. It seemed like last night there was, he was just playing at a slightly different level than, than most of the guys on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Plus he walked into his post-game interview wearing a suit, which uh, uh, he's styling. I, I know they all actually uh, uh, arrive in suits, uh, but usually those guys are still in their uniform when they come talk to us post-game. But uh uh, Jordan made sure he was looking good for his first uh, post-game interview session at the Cajun. Yeah, he he was dapper, and he said he really enjoyed his uh, his first game in the Cajun Dome. Um, so you've got a guy, Jordan Brown. He's been in Nevada. He's been an award winner at Arizona. Now he's with the Cajuns. On the other side of that coin, you got Kentrell Garnett, who started last night for Louisiana, a walk-on, who um, uh, I, I I I'm glad they you know we got to talk to him last night. Um, very nice young man, uh, seems to have a good heart. But, you know, in terms of just, I guess, in the metaphorical sense, the heart when it comes to as a player, you start as a walk-on, you work your way into the rotation last year, and you start last night in the opener, and he gave him 16 really good minutes. You know, he hit the first couple of threes for the team after they couldn't hit anything in the first half. Um, I, I think in terms of perseverance and trying to sort of, Coach Marlin told me yesterday morning, you know, the perfect rotation is somewhere between, you know, seven and nine players, maybe seven to ten, but ideally it's eight or nine. Regarding that, to carve out that role right now and be be where he is as a walk-on, hats off to that kid, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a little bit of a surprise. I mean, I guess maybe we should have saw it coming because Bob Marlin signaled it a little bit, talking about how, he was basically uh, their best shooter over the summer, um, uh, you know. So he so he came in with a lot of you know practice consistency. He gets rewarded with the start. Um, I don't know if that's the lineup you'll see night in and night out because they have the option of of you know going bigger when they need to. This was a smaller lineup opponent that they were they were playing and so they, you know, matched I think a little bit in that regard. And so they have the option of, of going ahead and starting Duguay as well. He came in off the bench last night and if if you do that, um, you know, you start moving some guys down, you move uh uh you know a, a bigger guy down a spot uh and uh and all of a sudden you got a, a really a really big lineup that's uh competitive as well. But yeah, Kentrell Granetti he held his own out of Baton Rouge uh, Catholic and uh, uh, a walk-on, like you said. Um, I think he was, a, you know, with that start, I think he, I think the nerves were probably racing a little bit, a little jittery uh, in that first half. But um, he talked about, you know, just kind of taking taking halftime to take a deep breath, calm down a little bit. He came out, and like you said, he hit some, some threes, which were desperately needed because they were over 11 on uh, on the trade tries in the, in the first half. Um and uh, he looked like he belonged. He, he had a nice presence there. Um, they've got a ton of, of guard options. It's just a matter of, you know, kind of who's it going to be. And uh, he seemed to make the most of his opportunity. 
um, playing alongside Greg Williams, and we can talk about him too, but I thought he looked really solid as well. Yeah, he looked uh, just kind of smooth. I mean, very much in control. He's got a soft touch around the rim. He he only shot one three in the second half, but he nailed it. A guy that can stretch the floor, but also put the ball on the floor. And for a Lafayette native that went and played in, in New York City at St. John's, now back home playing for the Cajuns. Uh, only 15 minutes last night, Tim, but... You know, I think in a game like that against West Florida, you're looking at more sort of just individual performances and their comfort level on the floor. He looked like a guy that had been there a while. He just, in the starting lineup, um, just seemed like he was fully in control, if that makes sense. Nothing seemed big for him. Nothing seemed too fast for him. I think he had maybe one turnover. But overall, he in terms of debuts, I think Jordan Brown certainly was was the the number one story there. But Greg Williams, it's. I'm glad you brought him up. You could kind of lose sight of that last night, looking at Kobe Julian or, or Garnett or Brown, but in only 15 minutes, Williams Williams looked like he he's going to be a big part of the team this year. Well, it looked experienced, which kind of tells the tale of this team. I mean, they've got they got a bunch of guys who played elsewhere, and they're all you know uh, bringing that experience to the table. Uh, Jordan Brown, like we talked about with, uh, uh, Nevada and Arizona Williams with, uh, uh, St. John's, um, even, you know, Theo Wuba, who obviously, you know, sure. isn't new here, but he played a, a couple years at, at Portland, um, uh, Dale court from, from San Jose state. And when you have guys like that, it can either, you know, it can really help or it can really hurt. It just depends on the attitude of the guys that they, they come in. Are they going to come in, you know, selfishly? And is it just going to not mesh, no chemistry? Or are all those guys going to use, you know, the best of what their prior experiences are and um, and all get along and uh, have that experience pay off for them? And, and you know, it'll, you know, a small sample size with just, just one regular season game, but so far, it seems like uh, uh, that group plays well together, including Williams, who, you know, if he can handle a lot of the point guard load. Look, I know Garnett is, you know, essentially a point two. They're almost playing like a, a two guard front, really, to be honest. But um, if 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 Williams can handle a lot of the 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 ball handling load, the um, floor leader type load, whenever Bray and AU comes back. If he can do a little bit less of that, I thought he did a good job of it last season, but he wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, who they had pegged to be their primary point guard last yeah. season. Um, and, and I think his outside shooting uh, uh, suffered a little bit because of the, the floor leader responsibilities and the ball handling responsibilities that he had to take on. So if you can take a, a chunk of that off of him and allow him to, just be more of the natural shooter that, you know, he was billed as coming in. And if, if Greg Williams can be responsible for for doing that, I think it could could go a long way to, to help those guys. Tim Buckley, our guest. Last question for you on uh, the Cajuns team. What, what do you think their biggest it, – it's hard to say, again, very small sample size. Um, what do you think their, maybe their biggest weakness or the thing they're going to have to improve on most this season is going to be and – if you don't really have an opinion on that yet, it's it's all good considering you know it's only been one exhibition and one regular season game. Well, it's it's got to be I think outside shooting. I mean, we hear our friend Kevin Foote talking all the time about how uh, 
they're always billed as having a, a, a lot of great uh, outside shooters, and it doesn't always uh, translate into on-the-floor production. And, you know, when you come out 0 for 11 uh, uh, in the first half, um, you know, it's it's certainly reflective of that. So if they can get more of the second half outside shooting than they got and less of the, the first half, um, uh, it, it would be much needed. But just off of initial impressions, to me, that's what it what seems to be. And apparently um, they have guys capable of it. Um, they've just got to take care of it. Now they've had guys capable of it in the past, and those guys haven't always taken care of it. So, um, you know, that's one of those check back in 10 games kind of thing. Tim Buckley has been our guest. Final question for you, Tim. Always love to ask you a question about your days on the beat covering the Utah Jazz. We've talked a lot about Stockton and Malone. Talked about David Benoit. Um, many guys. Guys that many folks won't remember. Other guys that are pretty memorable. Uh, how was Jeff Hornacek as a player? And uh, what was his relationship like with you guys in the media? He was the... Uh, <laughs> Jeff Hornacek was like just the most normal... Uh, uh, he could be your next door neighbor kind of NBA guy that there was. Um you know, he went to college. He he, he thought he was going to be an accountant, um, and uh, um, lo and behold, he you know carves out this long NBA career and is the the third piece of granite on that uh, on that block with with Stockton and Malone, um, and a huge part of of why they got the back to back NBA finals. Um, he was real easy going. It was just. Um, uh, yeah, he was he was everyday Joe. Um, he sensed that he was gonna, um, you know, have some coaching in him, and, and sure enough, he did. Uh, even though it wasn't successful necessarily, but uh, as he did with with the Knicks and the Suns, and he, he's still around as a as an NBA assistant. Um, uh, real smart player, just real quiet, um, um, you know, family oriented. Kind of guy you would see his kids around uh, a little bit, much like you saw Stockton's around all the time. And um, you know, it it uh, it it, it kind of sums it up when it, we were on a, a road trip. They stayed at the uh, whenever they played uh, uh, the Wizards in Washington. They stayed at a at a Ritz Carlton uh, uh, at uh, uh, attached to the mall in Pentagon City. Um, and, and guys like Jeff Hornacek and Stockton, uh, uh, they, they weren't exactly Ritz Carlton kind of guys. And that's, that's not demeaning. It just, you know, they're, they were just more everyday, everyday kind of guys. Stockton in his, uh, uh, Dockers in Mm -hmm. golf shirt. But, Mm -hmm. but, you know, when they're staying at the Ritz Carlton and then you just have to laugh as you're walking through the mall and, uh, there's a little restaurant attached to it. And, uh, it, it, it was a diner called Johnny Rockets in the middle of the mall. Yeah, and right. sure enough, there's the table with John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek and, and Adam Keefe, uh, just three guys having lunch at the mall. <laughs> Give me a malt and a burger from Johnny Rockets. Good stuff. Tim Buckley has been our guest. Follow him on Twitter at TDA raging Cajuns on the beat, covering the Cajuns for the daily advertiser. Always good chatting with you, my friend. Thanks for getting up with us and uh, we'll see you soon.
Hey, that sounds good. And while we were talking, by the way, Keb Mo just jumped into my number one spot. I've now I've oh. I've kicked out Garth and uh, and Billy. Sorry, well, it won't be long before I have the Beastie Boys number one on your list, Tim. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it will be long. Take care, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Good stuff. Tim Buckley right. has been our guest. Sarah Montgomery, Lafayette's own Sarah Montgomery. She is a professional auto racer. She is working her way up the ladder. She has been grinding and grinding and grinding, and she and her team are going to be featured in a docu-series premiering this Friday. We're going to talk to her about that and more. Sarah's awesome. You don't want to miss it. Learn more about her. Lafayette's own. Acadiana's own. Next, right here on The Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.